today we have Nadia Dalfinis, who is an illustrator, and we're going to learn everything about her career pathway, her lessons learned, and hopefully you'll be inspired about her journey in becoming and working as a illustrator. Did you realize that you definitely wanted to be an illustrator? When I think about that question, I'm always taken back to the age of five. And I remember being in my living room and my mum asked me, what do you want to be when you're older? And I think I said two things. The first thing was an illustrator. And I think the second might have been a fashion designer or something to that effect. But I always knew that I wanted to do something, wanted to do something with art. Um, and so growing up, as far back as I can remember, I was always drawing. Drawing was just something that brought me joy, brought me lots of happiness. Um, I was just sort of taken away. It was like a form, a form of escapism. Um, and I was just always drawing. That's all I ever knew as a, as a, as a child. Um, so I chose GCSE art at secondary school. But I never really felt captivated or I never really felt, um, yeah, I never felt captivated by the lessons that I had in art um, whilst um, at secondary school. And so I think, I think in, when you study art um, at school, you learn a lot about theory, which is obviously very important. And you learn a lot about artists such as Matisse, um, Vincent van Gogh, you know, those sorts of artists. But I was never really um, moved by, you know, learning about those particular artists because I didn't really resonate with their artistry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think learning more about art took away from um, I guess the interest or what really brought me joy when it came to making art because it was just a lot of theory and it just wasn't something that I enjoyed I just liked being creative I liked you know doing different things um, and I wasn't really able to do that because you were quite restricted to what you could do and so I didn't really do well um, in art at secondary school. So if I wanted to go on to study A-level art, I'd have needed to have got a B or an A. And I didn't get that, I got a C. Right. Um, and so that definitely demotivated me. Um, and my teachers didn't really like me either. I think I was quite chatty. And I think they sort of saw that as quite challenging, I guess. Um, and they didn't really see me as the right candidate to continue um, to, do, to do A-level art. And so that's where I sort of came to a crossroads as to whether I sh should continue it or not, and I didn't. What's interesting, because obviously I, I'm a qualified teacher, and I think back to my experience as a student at school, I was a troublesome student. Um, I was quite an introvert, very shy. Um, but I think when you're with your friends, you know, like you, you want to talk. And I think every student will have experienced that whilst going, going to, to, um, to school. However, from my personal experience, there was only one art teacher who was Afro-Caribbean. And I was just dying to have her as my teacher because I think growing up, you want to be able to connect and resonate with the people that are educating you. Um, and I wasn't able to do that with my art teachers. And I saw that the treatment was different towards me and other students. I saw that they were favorites and I definitely wasn't a favorite mm -hmm. and I didn't really feel comfortable in my art classes. And I'm perhaps, you know, in retrospect, that might have contributed to why I was so chatty because I was looking for a distraction. Maybe, I don't know, but um, that definitely had an impact on me, on my perception of art and, you know, sort of 
um, imagining how I could have my own space within arts right. because where we were studying white artists, there was never really discussion of artists who weren't European. And so it's difficult as an Afro-Caribbean young girl coming up to really imagine, you know, being able to pursue this as a career when you're not given examples. You left school. What was your next step along your career journey? So I left school and I decided to go to a college. Um, and I remember being there with my mum. And um, I was able to pick three options for A-levels. And my mum said, are you sure you don't want to do um, A-level art? And I said, oh, no, don't worry about it. And she said, I can speak to the teacher because I think I was worried that because I got a C, it wasn't going to be good enough. And I think I just didn't want to add to that disappointment. So I just said, no, it's fine. Really inside, I was like, I do really want to do it. And I decided to go ahead with um, drama, good studies, media and um, sociology. Um, and I think you can tell by the subjects, especially drama and theatre studies and media that I was still like, you know, connecting to those creative roots, um, which I thoroughly loved those two subjects. Sociology, not so much because it's quite theory based and I'm just not like a very academic student when it came to like writing essays and that sort of stuff. But when it came to media and drama, that was something I absolutely enjoyed because it was another form of creativity and expression. Um, but when it came to that, especially when it came to media, if there was ever an opportunity for me to use my artistry, I was like, yes, I want to do it. And when it came to typography or designing anything, I was like, I definitely want to do it. Storyboarding, I was like, yes, I'm the girl for it. And I think that was my way to sort of really use or reconnect to what I loved about art, you know, without judgment from a teacher or, or anyone else. So um, it was just like those subtle little ways, but it was never really something that I took seriously. It was just something that I thought, yeah, I, you know, I can draw, but that was it. Ah, so you never thought that you could make a career out of it? No. At, at no. That time. So was that no. based on maybe um, there wasn't any mentors around, any role models that you could look up to at that point in time in your life to say, oh, I think I can make a career out of this? I'd say so. And I think also it comes down to um, confidence. Like I said, I was very much an introvert. And I think when you're at that age, I was 16 and you're sort of like coming into your own and really finding out who you are as, as an individual, there was no longer that person to like, you know, push you forward. You were out in the world on your own and you had to make your own choices. And I think that there was a, I guess the, the little girl inside of me was saying, you know, come on, we could do this. And that voice started to sort of dim as I got older because I didn't have the confidence. I was out of practice. And so, yeah, I just um, didn't pursue it. Um, and I think back then there weren't many opportunities outside of education to pursue art. So it was either, you know, do an A-level or, you know, do a similar, a course that wasn't an A-level, like um, maybe a BTEC if that was available in R, I'm not sure if that was at the time. But if you weren't doing something education-based, then there was no way that you were going to get an art. And I remember, you know, our teachers telling us, you know, you have to be dedicated. And you're not, if you're not spending enough time drawing, then, you know, um, you, you, you're not going to be able to make it. And it's very competitive. And I just thought, you know, looking at myself and comparing myself to other students in the class, that I just didn't have what it took. So I just thought, well, you know, I, I'm good, but I'm just not good enough. Talking about... 
um, the lack of confidence and everything. So what, what sort of like changed it for you? Um, it's been a long journey, to be honest. Um, I think that when I became a teacher, um, I was waiting for that moment where I felt like, oh, you know, I've found my calling, you know, I just didn't really feel like I fit in amongst other teachers. And I was always gravitating myself to something artistic. Uh, my last teaching roles were in a prison and they had a fantastic art suite and I was always gravitating towards that. Um, the teacher would sometimes be away and so they would ask me if I was interested and I was like, absolutely. Um, it was just a joy to basically be in that environment again. And I think being amongst people who share a similar um, enjoyment of art and also being amongst people who have, might have a lot of regret in their life. Um, it just made me think a lot about the things that made me happy. And it was there that I realized that, you know, I'm not happy as a teacher. I'm not fulfilling what I was born to do. And if I'm going to do something, I need to do it now rather than to grow old and be regretful about not pursuing what really made me happy. And so that was in 2008. 18, right. 2018, I think. 2017, 2018 was when I started to start, um, you know, pick up my pencil again. I started sketching um, and I was not very good. And that's quite discouraging because, you know, I think you think, oh, you know, I'm going to be as good as I was. And it's like, no, you, you have a skill. But in order to maintain that skill, you have to practice every single day. Mm. And so I, I sort of picked it up and I put it back down. And I think um, when I created um, my greeting card line, that was when I thought, right, I'm committed, I'm doing this. I am going to do something creative. I'm going to design cards because I also love greeting cards and I'm gonna stick at it. Good, good. And I think the key point, what I'm getting from you is the importance of purpose. Like once you, I remember, you know, I love a Matrix and there was a point yeah. where Morpheus was talking to Neo and um, Trinity was there as well. So all three of them. And Morpheus said to um, Neo that there is a difference in knowing the path and walking the path. So mm. once you're stepping into your purpose and you're walking, that is when you feel, as you say, you feel joy, you feel happiness, yeah. contentment. You know, you, you know in yourself, in your spirit that what you are doing is is for you, it fits your yeah. personality, your style, and that means that you can be authentic in how you're living Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, yes. So like, moving on, so you done your A-levels, and then after your A-levels, what, what happened next? So after my A-levels, I continued on at university. So I went to university and I studied film studies. Um, I actually applied to do drama and theatre studies, and um, I was told that drama was really competitive and so it was full. And they said, oh, you know, we looked at your CV and we can see that you did um, film studies and you did um, media studies. So why don't you do film for a year? And I thought, yeah, I could do that. And they said, you know, you could do it for a year and then you can change to drama. And I thought uh, in the second year, and I thought, OK, let's give it a go. And I really enjoyed film for the first year um, because I'd done media and I'd done film studies briefly at university, sorry, at college, and I enjoyed it. And so I thought, okay, like, give this a go. And I felt that I was still able to be creative, but it wasn't until I think I got to the second year 
when that's when I really began to realize how much theory there was um, a part like part of my degree and there was a lot of essay writing a lot of reading and it just I didn't enjoy it <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all mm. and even still throughout that period I thought a lot about art I remember meeting someone who studied art at university and just like looking at their work and just thinking oh I just wish it could be me and I think mm. I think I was just waiting from that that moment where I sort of said nope I'm gonna stop this all and you know go back you know stop what I'm doing go back home and really figure figure this out but I thought no I'm gonna keep going I think in those moments I was scared um how do I tell my mom how to tell my family that I don't want to do this degree it's the wrong degree for me um you know I want to do art I haven't done art for so many years you know do I still have the ability to to draw do I really have the potential so that self-doubt is continuously like telling me you know don't do it don't do it mm. um so I continued and I think I'm really fortunate that I was able to finish my degree it was a massive achievement for me and it paved the way for so many wonderful experiences mm. um if I hadn't have done my film degree I would never have gone on to become a teacher and I really loved working in education um, and I think education really has changed my perspective on everything in life. I would never have met all the wonderful students from different backgrounds, which are the very experiences that, um, that have stuck with me and that um, I know I'll be using for my artwork um, because I'm not just an illustrator, I'm also an aspiring children's literature writer. Um, and those experiences are what I'm going to write about as well as illustrate. So I feel like it was meant to be. Um, but however, um, at this point in my life now, I'm without a doubt sure that I'm on the right path. Um, I'm walking in my purpose. I draw every single day and it feels so good. It feels natural to me. Um, and there is obviously there are going to be hard moments. Um, I work in the evenings because I have two wonderful children um, and that's tiring. However, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. So it's worth, it's worth it, you know? Whereas teaching and marking and all those things that take up a lot of time, I didn't enjoy. <laughs> mm. I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed engaging with students. And I think that's just mm. part of my personality mm. and learning about the backgrounds and the experiences. Um, but that was it. So when it came to like, you know, teaching, I enjoy that, but there's so much that comes along with teaching. You really do have to be 100% committed. And I felt like, you know, it was, it was almost as if I was forcing myself to do something. And I think when you force yourself to do something, it becomes even more challenging. It's quite difficult. Whereas with art, I don't feel that I need to force myself to do it. I think you're a very inspirational um, woman because many people be in jobs. They will be in jobs, you know, you know, working nine till five, back on the train, home, sleep, you know, that rat race, but know that they want to maybe start a business, know that maybe they want to change their career totally, um, but they just haven't got 
possibly the confidence, as you say, you know, or yeah. they're fearful of maybe other factors that will come into consideration. But it's just so inspiring to hear that you made the change. And the most important thing is that you're happy and that you feel joy yeah. and it feels so natural. And you can be authentic and live your life in a purposeful way, which is beautiful, lovely. You know? <laughs> so how do you yeah. just get from... Um, university to working um, full-time then to starting up your wonderful business super sentimental okay so <laughs> I think because I didn't really film was not the the area that I wanted to sort of pursue but you know I wanted to finish my degree because I started it and my mum always taught me you must always finish what you start and so you know there was lots of talk about oh I'm going to do, do this after I finish my degree I'm going to do a master's in this what are you going to do and I'm like I don't know oh my gosh what am I going to do <laughs> um and so I thought about teaching um I was dating my now husband um my boyfriend obviously at the time and he was very much um passionate about teaching he said that he wanted to become a teacher or he would go on to become a solicitor or barrister at some point and I thought oh teaching I think I could give that a go and so um I managed to secure a role um through you actually <laughs> at Newham College they were looking for study coaches and I thought yeah okay I'll give it a go and it was my first role outside of retail and I was petrified but they loved me um, they loved that I was a graduate. They said that I was very personable. And so I joined their team and I was able to secure that role before even graduating, which I think was a massive accomplishment for me. And so I thought, wow, okay, I could see myself doing this. So um, I stayed there. It wasn't for long because the recession hit. Um, so that would have been 2009. And so I was let go in 2009, but I'm, I still continue to go into different um roles within education and I was adamant that I want to teach and at some point I was like yes I'm going to be um a prime school teacher because I loved little children um so um that's what happened after I left university I just pursued ed education but even within that when I think back any opportunity where I could be creative if it meant that you know I'm going to um I was doing a lot of um a lot of temp temporary work at the time um within primary schools and you had to be really creative you know um, and it meant like doing things like gluing, sticking, drawing, painting. I was like, yes, I am absolutely there. I loved it. And it didn't actually feel like work. And I thought, I, I definitely want to pursue this. And um, so even in those moments, I was still reconnecting to the things that I loved. Mm. So I think what I'm realizing now is that I never really was disconnected from art. It was always there in some way, shape or form. Mm. Yeah, that's very profound because sometimes we look for things out of ourselves when it's within our environment, just looking at us. Saying, yeah, hi, I'm here type of thing. But I love your business name, um, Super Sentimental. Tell us about it. How did you um, derive that name? Um, so my mum was very sentimental. And I don't remember what age it was that she said this to me, but she said that um, whenever someone gives you a greeting card, you know, if it's your birthday or Christmas, whatever the occasion, you must always um, basically appreciate the fact that someone's given that to you and the words that they write inside of it. And that always stuck with me. And so growing up, when someone gave me a birthday present in the card, I'd always open the card first because I wanted to see what they'd written. 
Um, and I started collecting my cards because my mum said that you must keep them. <laughs> so I kept them. And I think I've got cards that go back to maybe eight, eight years old. Just reading the messages inside of them have really like brought me a lot of joy, especially in, in the absence of those people being here today. Yes. Um, so I can look back and think, oh gosh, I remember that age and I remember that occasion we did this and we did that, or I remember that Christmas, you know. Um, so I still collect greeting cards to this day and I've collected um, greeting cards for my son and my daughter. I've got so many just sort of stowed away because it would be nice for them to look back as well and think, oh, I remember when my mum wrote this message about me and I could see, you know, what she was feeling at the time or, oh my gosh, I was like that really. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a great opportunity for you to look back yeah. So I was like, yes, super sentimental. That's definitely the perfect name for the business. And I felt that in doing so, I would be also like paying homage to my mum mm. because she's the one who basically instilled those values mm. within me. And so that's how the name was born. Oh, I just love the name super sentimental. Yeah. Because me and you are very similar. And, um, but I love sending um, birthday cards. Yeah. Like all my friends know that they would always get, and family know they'll always get a birthday card. Yes. The type of products that you sell um, through Super Sentimental. Um, so I design a greeting cards, which I would describe as um, celebratory of the African diaspora or Afro-Caribbean diaspora. Um, so all my greeting cards feature Afro-Caribbean women. Um, I'm now moving or I'm now um, in the process of creating a new range of greeting cards um, that will be inclusive of men and children because you know they need to be included too um, and I'm also creating prints so that you can hang it up in your living room um, and I'm trying to really connect to um, African spirituality and culture because I think that's something that is lacking um, in the black experience you know really knowing your roots your heritage so that's something that i'm really focusing on and trying to sort of bring out within um the designs in my greeting cards and prints i've seen your um designs i've had eye of them and they're absolutely amazing so Thank how you. can people you know when when are your products available and how can people access the products to buy and to purchase so i'm currently um preparing for christmas so my Products will be available to purchase from October onwards. You know, just thinking about your career journey, as I said, it's very inspirational. And mm -hmm. to think about the many different jobs that you have done. But there now, isn't it? Yeah. You're there now and you're living yeah. it, you're breathing it, and it gives you so much joy and contentment. But so thinking about the role of an illustrator, what will be a typical day? I think what I've come to learn recently is that it's not just drawing. Um, there is a lot of admin involved. You are having to read emails um, that would be obviously the correspondence between yourself and your clients, um, having to sometimes negotiate um, prices, having to speak to um, companies about maybe orders that you've made because I have to order cardstock and ink, mm -hmm. just making sure I'm on top of that. Um, so that is something that takes up a significant part of my day. And I think it's really important to make sure that you are responding quite quickly because you can lose opportunities through not being a good communicator. Um, with that side, my evenings are spent from around 7 p.m. onwards till about 12, sometimes one o'clock in the morning, just um, illustrating. Um, what I'm also finding is that you can't just work on one project. 
So at the moment, I'm illustrating a children's book. Alongside that, I've also been doing other mini freelance projects. So I recently did um, a family portrait for someone, and that was in June. Um, I'm currently working on um, a portrait for print, um, and that's for a print of a t-shirt um, for a company called um, Black Sunrise, and they are a Black-owned company who produce um, satin-lined hats, okay. um, summer like baseball caps and also winter hats for women and children and men. You're, you're constantly juggling different things. Um, I think for me, the goal is to be able to freelance um, until I'm able to get signed. Um, I really love to be signed by an agency because my love, which I haven't spoken about, is um, children's literature. I love books. I love reading. I've always loved children's books. And so that's the goal for me. You're very clear about what it is that you want to do and what you want to achieve yes. in the coming years. So if we're thinking about um, the, the role as an illustrator, what are the key skills that are needed to be an illustrator? What I have discovered, I think through experience, is that you need to be very organized. Um, you need to be able to be um, creative and have a good imagination. Um, you'll have clients that will come to you with a really basic concept and then you have to basically bring their vision, you know, or turn their vision into a reality with lots of like sparkle and pizzazz and you can't do that if you don't have an imagination. Um, you need to be able to um, juggle lots of different projects at a time. So it's important to stay organized. I don't, don't know if I said that already. But if I have, then that's because it's really important. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's really important. Um, and also, which I'm learning at the moment, you have to have IT skills. They have to be on point. And I think when it comes to um, the IT skill set, it's an ongoing process because programs are constantly evolving. Um, there are new programs that are coming out every day. And I think the more that you know, gives you more room for growth and it enables you to take on more projects. Okay. Those for me would be the main skill set that mm. you need to have. We should not stay stagnant in our careers, in our roles, and it's important to be, you know, lifelong learners and to continue yes. to learn and, you know, take on courses to improve ourselves. So what qualifications and training is required to work as an illustrator? I think for me, my journey is quite unique because I'm self-taught. I'm a self-taught illustrator and I found a lot of frustration around the time when I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead with this. I'm going to become an illustrator. Um, the frustration that I had was um, learning that a lot of the illustrators that I follow, I guess, on social media have degrees. So a lot of people studied fine art and they did maybe, um, they majored in illustration or some people just studied illustration. There's so many different types of degrees and courses that you can study. Um, and I think when I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to, you know, pursue this dream of mine, I'm going to have to go back and study. And I was looking at um, potentially studying a foundation um, in arts. And in doing so, you would um, study a range of disciplines so that you get a feel for like, you know, everything that art has to offer. Um, but what I've, come to realize is that you don't necessarily have to go to university and a lot of people that I've spoken to who have a degree within like the art um, field mm -hmm. have told me that they wouldn't recommend it and that there are so many things that you can do 
um, so many short courses that you can study without having to break the bank by taking up another degree. Mm -hmm. um, having a degree already, I would never have received the funding to um, study another degree. I would have had to fund that myself. And I don't know if you realize, but it's pretty expensive <laughs> to study a degree now, let alone a foundation one. And that wasn't something that I could afford. You know, I knew that I still had to work and support my children and my family. So it wasn't something that I could do. Um, so I think, I think what I would say is really important is doing some research into what type of illustration you want to do, because there are so many different types of illustrators out there. Um, and illustration is quite broad. So a lot of people illustrate and they will do, they might just design greeting cards. Um, but even in designing greeting cards, that sort of goes into graphic design. Um, or some people will also, um, they'll be cartoonists, which I'm not. Um, and if you're a cartoonist, then there's lots of things you can do. You can basically do graphic novels, which is amazing. Um, and that's something that I've been looking at. Um, as an illustrator, you can also do things that would lead you into um, animation. Do you see? So like, I guess it's just sort of possibilities are endless. With, when you start with illustration, you can go down so many paths. Um, but I think I'm really grateful that I live in an age where I can easily access these courses. I don't have to think, oh, you know, my time's going to pass because I didn't follow or go down the formal route of education. Um, and in thinking of that, um, someone that I really look up to is an illustrator called um, Dapo Adiola. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he has illustrated several books now. I think he's on his fourth book. And um, he most recently won the Waterstones Children's Literature Prize for the best illustrator, which is a massive accomplishment. And he's only been signed by an agency for two years. Um, and he didn't have a degree in illustration. In fact, he said that he studied art and I think um, graphic design or something similar um, at um, sixth form or college and he didn't finish that. Um, then he went on to study um, a degree or a foundation degree, I think it was, in, um, I think, advertising. And he didn't finish that either. But he's gone on to become, you know, he just recently won the prize for best illustrator. So I think following him really gave me the inspiration to pursue my goals because um, it's possible, right? You don't have to go to university to do anything in life these days because information is at the end of your fingertips. You know, it's 2020, we can learn how to, you know, uh, start a podcast, we can learn how to film, we can have, learn how to sing, dance, whatever you want is available to us. And it's free to a certain extent. And if you really want to take it to the next step, then you might have to, you know, fork out the cash. But to just get yourself started, there are so many um, resources available to you. So I guess there really is no excuse. I think it just comes down to the individual and how determined you are to achieve what you want in life. Yeah, and you're definitely showing that determination. I remember um, you were sharing with me one of Dapo's books. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh. I was books like, are... why wasn't this available when I was eight? Type yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just so great. You said that Dapo is one of your like role models, you know, uh, an inspirational public figure who you look up to within your chosen sector. Who else do you look up to? Um, Vashti Harrison. Uh, Vashti Harrison, she recently um, produced um, Hair Love, 
Do you remember that? I don't know if you heard that's a, an animated film. Um, she's produced the um, series of books called Little Leaders. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and my favourite book today is the book that she um, did with um, Lupita Nyong'o called um, Solway. Yes. I love that book. I love that book. It was gifted to my son. And I remember when I got it, I hid it because <laughs> I wanted to be the first reader. I didn't want to fingerprint on it. Yeah. I wanted to take in everything. I want to absorb every single part of that book. And I think I've still hidden it somewhere from him. Um, I have read it to him, but it's not in his bedroom. Um, what I really loved about that book in particular was the subject matter. And um, um, Solway is about a young girl who compares herself to a sister who is of a lighter complexion and she felt very much rejected, um, I guess, because she was darker. She was the darkest out of her, her family members. And that's something that I could definitely relate to. And so just that the illustration and the story is just, it just really resonate with me, mm -hmm. resonated with me. And that's why I think it's just like tucked away because I'm just yeah. like, this is mine. Um, and I really look up to Vashti because, you know, as, um, an African-American woman, you know, she's really spearheading change in America. She's showing people that it can be done. And even Vashti doesn't have like a traditional route. She did study, I don't think she studied illustration. I think she studied something else at university. So again, um, I remember watching a, a live video with her, with um, Dapu Adiola. And she was saying that, you know, in illustration it's so difficult because she's not a um, trained illustrator. There are so many questions that you have, you're just like, who do I go to to ask these questions? She said that there were times when she very much felt alone. And I thought, wow, like, you know, Vashti Harrison is saying that she's struggling, you know, not struggling, but she's saying that she has difficulties. And you look up to this woman, you think, oh my gosh, like, you know, magic comes out of the fingertips. But I think it just made me think, wow, um, in that moment, it just reminded me that we're all learning. We're all, we're all on a journey, no matter where we are in our lives. And I thought, you know what? If Ashley can do it, if um, Dapper can do it, I can definitely do it. And I really look up to these people um, because they are from a diaspora and they're leading the way. And Dapo Adiola, especially because he's breaking boundaries, he's creating opportunities for people like me to access the world that he's within. He's fully aware that it is a predominantly white-led industry. He's one of five illustrators in the UK. Look how, I know, I know that the UK isn't that big in comparison to America. However, one of five, that's crazy to me. And so, you know, just that information alone, that like he is teaching us and I'm learning so much from him. And so I'm constantly, I just feel so inspired to just continue this journey because I know that there are millions of young girls who look like me and young boys, you know, as well, who will grow up thinking, oh, you know, can I really, you know, have a position in this industry? There aren't a lot of people that look like me. It's difficult to get into this industry as it is. And so I want to be a part of that change. You know, I'm committed to being a part of that change. And so um, that's why I know I'm going to make it. Yeah, exactly. You've got Dapo, you've got Vashti, and you've got Nadia Delfinis from Super yeah. Sentimental. How about that? Fair <laughs> uh, heading change, ensuring yeah. that there's more diversity and inclusion within the art world, which is should be a standard 
you know, not just like Absolutely. a public support, but should definitely be a standard. So you are representing the community and globally the world. So what do you think is the most challenging and the most positive aspects of the work that you do? Um, the most challenging is working around my family. Um, because I've got two young children and especially now because it's during lockdown, it's been really difficult. And I'm sort of getting to a point where I'm just so tired, but I'm still pushing forward. Um, I think once, you know, we get back to some sense of normality, when my son returns to school, my daughter's approaching the age to go to nursery, I'll be able to work during the day, mm -hmm. you know, when other people work, which would be fantastic. Um, but I think what's also great is that I'm in charge. I'm in charge of um, when I draw. I'm in charge of um, how much I charge. I'm in charge of when I want to take a break, when I don't want to take a break. So I think having that autonomy is so important, especially when you've spent like all of your life working for others, you know, having to be told when you can have a break when you can go on holiday you know when you can leave work i don't have that so it's wonderful because i can work whenever i want to yes and you are the captain of your destiny so yes. to speak. you know you will ensure whether it will be successful or whether it will fail and as i know you from as i know you <laughs> i know that it will be a success in your playlist at the moment oh my playlist right so um brandy I think it's a seventh. It's a seventh studio album. Because okay. It's um, I love that album, and music is really important to me um, because it really fuels my creativity. And sometimes I find it difficult to really get into the groove of illustrating if I don't have the right music. Um, so Brandy is on repeat. Um, who else have I been listening to? Oh, um, Tyler the Creator. Um, uh, NERD's last album, which was, it's really old, but it's so good. Oh, and when I don't have music, it's a bit, oh, I think I need a bit of, you know, Buja Banton and Beanie Man 1990s dance mm. or just to get me going type of thing. Yeah. You know? So um, just post lockdown, how has the coronavirus pandemic impacted your work? The good thing to come out of the, this lockdown is reflection mm. and I've spoken to a lot of people and they've told me that it really gave them a time to reflect because in everyday life you're so busy working you're balancing you know working and having a family and just making sure that you're there for others and doing what you need to do but you never really have the time to just be still and reflect and so because of that I've had, I've had a lot of time to really think about what it is I want to do okay I want to be an illustrator but what type of illustrator do I want to be um, and where am I going with illustration? What's the goal for the next, you know, five years, 10 years? Um, and how is my plan to achieve that? And I've really been able to do that during lockdown because I've had the time to do that. Um, and in addition to that, I got made redundant. And I felt like that was the universe's way of saying, okay, you clearly don't understand that this is your path. <laughs> this is your path. We're going to make it easier for you. We're going to take that away. Now you need to go and do it yourself. Because I've spoken a lot about you know, I just want to do a little bit of teaching, a little bit of illustrating, you know, until I get to myself to that place. But sometimes you just need to do it. Rip the bandaid off and do it. And when you sort of are at rock bottom, you can only get up, climb upwards, right? You know, you can't go any further down from where you are. So for me, I'm just like, 
this is my opportunity. This is the time for me to really push forward. I've made really small accomplishments, um, but although they're small, they have made a massive difference to my confidence mm. and also to my skill set. Despite, you know, I completed a whole book. Um, I think it was 24 pages or 26 pages. I can't remember that I completed. I'm clapping, I'm clapping. Okay, yeah, let me give yourself a pat on the back. And I did that with no previous experience. And now I look back at it, I could be like, oh, actually, um, that looks a bit dodgy or I need to really make sure that I don't do that again. Or I need to make sure that I'm doing this, that and forth. So I think I needed to go through that experience, although it was painful. When I look back upon it now, I'm like, you know what? I did it, you know? I did what I didn't think was possible. So now I've done it. It's gonna be easy from here. You know, I know what I want. I know the clients that I want to work with. And I, like I said, I'm doing a book at the moment and the client that I'm working with is amazing. I am smashing it now. I can't wait for this book to come out because I'm working so hard on it. And I see the levels, I'm just like, you, you're doing really well. I don't think you realize, but you do really well considering that you've already done a book and you've learned from that and you know that you're not gonna make those mistakes and you know how to do things properly now you know, growth is amazing. And I'm looking forward for people to, to see what I'm truly capable of. And this is just the beginning. I know that I'm really scratching the surface. Awesome. I know that I've got so much further to go, but I'm doing it. And that's what counts, that I'm taking little steps. Every single day, I'm moving closer and closer to my goals. And I'm no longer listening to the negative voices. Good. I've cut out the negative people who aren't, you know, you, encouraging me to push further i'm just i've got tunnel vision i'm doing it and that's all that matters mm. and it's working it's working because yeah I, when is this book coming out this book when is it coming out good question before the end of this year okay wonderful yes. what advice would you give to your younger self <sighs> this question <laughs> mm. um to never give up mm. to never give up and i think that the little girl in me is really happy. The me now would give, the advice that I would give to other people my age and older is that it's never too late. It's never too late to learn a new skill. It's never too late to change careers. It's never too late to do anything. And if you're really motivated and committed to making change, you can do it. I definitely want to inspire and encourage other people that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always go back to Dapper Adiola so much because I think I met him last year and meeting him really was that turning point for me. Right. It really gave me the kick that I needed to just, mm -hmm. let's do this now. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it, it, anything is possible. And that's what I'm, like, sometimes I sit back and I think, wow, like, people are paying me to draw. Like, this is actually possible. I'm doing it. Final words. Final words of wisdom from you. <sighs> Final words of wisdom. If, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. I love that. If you can, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. This has been my dream since I was five years old. I'm 35 next year. So, you know, I've got a lot of catching up to do, but I'm doing it. And although it's not happening, I mean, it's happening. And I think when I imagined it, I, I thought, yeah, it's going to be, you know, this way. And it's not happening the way I thought it would, but it's happening. I'm just so grateful to be on this path. 
I look back and I think, wow, I've actually come really far. <laughs> you know, I've come so far. Like people pay me for my services. People are complimenting my work. I'm doing a book. These were dreams of mine and I'm achieving them. So if you can dream it, then you can achieve it. Hi everyone, this is your host Sophia Lewis and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, the number one careers and job related podcast where we always dive into topics associated with the world of work. I really thank you for your support and for subscribing and remember to share with your family and friends. It would also be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.